And away we go. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. As always, our good friends at the Holy Grail are hosting the road game, a watch party this weekend as the Bearcats travel to Dallas to take on SMU. Kickoff at noon. I believe doors open at 11, so get there, get your table, get comfy, and get ready to watch the Bearcats try to stay undefeated in American Athletic Conference play, move to 6-1 and one on the season. All right, let's get this show on the road. It's a little bit different uh, format today as uh, Dave is a little under the weather. Uh, he, he requested uh, limited usage this evening. His, his availability is limited. So I think we're going to have him come in and do the, uh, the SMU preview uh, and then kind of figure it out from there later in the show. But first, as you can see, for those of you that are watching... Friend of the show, friend of Bearcat Journal, friend of this particular program, my good friend, Zach Tobler, joining us tonight to talk some Bearcat basketball to get things started. Tobe, what's going on, brother? Not too much. How's everybody doing? We're good. Is uh, is, is it high school basketball season yet? How close are you you and the yeah. Cubcat Cardinals getting started? Our, uh, our official practices started this past Saturday, so... No awesome. time wasted. I, I hear a new look for the Colonels this year. Going to be a little smaller. Not not the size that Cubcalf normally has. Be a little bit more of a guard-driven team. Yeah, it'll be, you know, kind of back to when I, when I was there. You know, besides me, is all guards and everything. So, you know, try to get up and press people with pressure and all that. So. Should, be, uh, should be fun in the Cub, as always, oh, no the Cubcalf Colonels. Let's uh let, let's get rolling. And uh you had the chance to get down and watch practice last week. We got lucky last Thursday. We 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 didn't just get a practice, we got the first inner squad scrimmage, so we had a chance to see quite a bit of uh of live action, and that's always a good time to uh to get a chance to form opinions. Uh overall, as a whole, before we start getting into the, the nitty-gritty, what did you think at your first viewing? of the 22-23 Cincinnati Bearcats? Uh, they're definitely a lot taller. <laughs> I think we're, you know, Longer, you know, okay. for sure. Exactly. Um, I think they got, you know, they got some more talent. Um, and that's not, not a knock on, you know, the previous guys there. But uh, just longer, more athletic. I know that's nothing entirely uh, earth-shattering and everything. But, you know, we're sitting there, and I think I count it, you know, 80% of the team is between 6'6 and six nine so uh it, it should be fun they should be able to get up and down a little bit more and uh start playing a little more like west wants to play um when you when you are you looking more of an offensive minded team more of a a defensive minded team when you got a chance to to check things out what did you think right now beginning of the season they're Team defense wasn't <laughs> wasn't up to uh, Wes's liking, that's for sure. So right now they're kind of more offensively learning how to play team defense, learning all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you know uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think they'll they'll definitely have some more firepower on offense. I mean, Landers Nolly's a, a bucket getter, um, 
and he can he can do some stuff defensively too. So, but right now the offense was... is a little further ahead of the defense. Yeah, uh, I think. That's, but that's, that's that's mostly to. I mean, that's probably most teams in the country right now. So, especially when you're trying to incorporate as many new guys, you know, as right. Cincinnati is. Wes has right. joked a couple times with me at practice. Uh, make sure you tell everybody we're teaching defense. <laughs> it might not look like it yet, exactly. but we are teaching them how to play defense. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's always you know that's one of the hardest things is to get the whole team to buy in defensively, especially team defensively, and all your rotations and everything, uh, how you're defending pick and rolls and all that kind of stuff. So, what did you think of the rotations? Uh, I mean, I think that's going to be maybe the most interesting thing as we get in to the start of this season is he's got a lot of options and not a lot of separation between those options. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that do a lot of, a lot of similar, similar things. Um, you know, just long athletic can kind of get out and space and everything. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, uses those lineups and mixes and matches guys. I know he's trying to do that. Um, in the uh, scrimmage that they had this past weekend. I think somebody, you know, from that clip that got supposedly leaked a little bit, and I think somebody on, you know, Bearcat Journal was tracking it, and I guess, you know, there was 12 possessions and there was 11 different lineups. So, that you know, Wes, Wes is using it as a <laughs> as a tool to figure out what's working, what's not working, <laughs> who plays well together, all that, so... What's going on on your, like, Sunday that you're like, okay, here's this video, and not only am I going to watch it, but I'm going to chart pause every it. combination. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pause it and chart yeah. every combination. Like, I thank you. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not doing that, that content to but, the I, right, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and do that, but I'll gladly take the, uh, take the information if somebody else does it, you know, and use that and learn from it and everything, so. It's very similar to the people uh, in the offseason during football that mm-hmm. consistently monitor the roster on <laughs> GoBearCats.com. And, you know, occasionally they'll update things and somebody will be like, hey, why, is this, person not on the, why, why is this person not on the roster anymore? I'm like, I don't know. It's a walk-on from, like, Akron. <laughs> I didn't even know they were on the team. Right. They've only been here for, like, a year, maybe, you know. Like, do they have a screenshot that they're like, check? Check. <laughs> uh oh. Where's Tim Timmy Sullivan? Right. Uh, walk on long snapper from Akron. I don't see him on the sheet anymore. What happened? Uh, well, he decided but, he didn't want to play anymore. Just wanted yeah, to be a student. He, he, yeah, know. decided walk on long snapper wasn't as glorious <laughs> as it turned out to be. Right. Um, Aaron, you got anything for Tobes? Yeah, coach talked a lot about positionless basketball. Um, what's your thoughts on this? roster in particular kind of transitioning into this positionless basketball era you know i think he's trying to get there i mean i mean uh the golden state warriors i was actually just watching them last night nba mm-hmm. opening weekend everybody's trying to emulate that now where it's just you're rolling moving everybody is just you know passing to each other it's not all that you know the game right before the sixers and the celtics you know james harden had like 600 dribbles in that game and like you'll see players on the warriors and they don't have 30 but they're still scoring you know 
20 points and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of what a lot of people are trying to emulate these days or, you know, in their own, in their own way. Um, and I think that's what Wes is trying to do. You know, he's trying to get all those versatile six, 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 seven, six, eight athletic wing type players that can, you know, guard the two through the four, uh, maybe even the two through the five, uh, depending on the player and everything. So just being able to do all that, you know, defensively and then offensively being able to shoot, handle the ball, score at the rim, you know, all of that. So I think he's getting there with some of the players that he has. But And who do you think stands to benefit the most from kind of transitioning to this style of basketball? As far as players, yes. you know, specific players, I mean – you know, Landers is one that sticks out um, as far as the newcomers. Um, sure. You know, uh, I think from the players that are returning, you know, I think DDJ, it actually really helps him. I know he's on the smaller side and he doesn't really fit mm-hmm. that long wing mold. But I think it'll help open things up for him where last year he was trying to do a lot of one-on-one, you know, trying to score over people and all that stuff, where now the defense won't be able to – they're not going to be able to double or they're not going to be able to like stack the box as much on him. Um, so I think, I think he'll really uh, benefit from this. You bring up DDJ and he talked about how this is the first real off season that he's gone through with the same coach. He's never right. had an off season in his life where, yeah. <laughs> ever exactly. where, where he's had yep. a coach. So what, what kind of difference does that make for a guy uh, going through the motions of an off season? You know, that's tough. It's been, he's what, I think he's a fifth year senior now. Right. And so he's had, you know, four, basically four or five different coaches. Um, just the continuity, like he's not trying to learn something new. Like he's just getting to refine what he already knows and then add on to it rather than learning a whole new system, learning a defensive scheme, learning, you know, terminology and all that stuff because every coach uses different stuff. So I think just being able to go out there and just, play more freely because he's more ingrained into the system and everything is a huge plus. There was something we talked about a little bit. Ed wants to know if we'll ever see Tobler time at the broadcast table. At the broadcast table? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like Dan and Tobes. You know, like t- uh, Terry, Terry's, Terry's got a little, little throat issue one day. They need to fill in. <laughs> Hey, maybe Dana, yep. Dana Tobes calling games. You know, it's possible. I, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say no. It would just be hard, um, just with our season because a lot of our games overlap um, yeah. at the high school level. You know, I have season tickets this year and everything, but I don't even know how many games I'm going to be able to get to. But Look, Tobes, uh, Dan does the Bearcats <laughs> football and basketball and the Bengals, and somehow he almost always finds time. Although I, I feel sorry for him. He oh, doesn't yeah. get to do Maui. Oh really? He's gonna be with yeah, uh, the Bengals or whatever. He's got Bengals stuff. I think they've got a oh, that's their man. Monday night game. <laughs> so Mo, uh, poor Mo, Tretz. right? Yeah, poor Mo has to do Maui. Oh, um, that sounds terrible. That's so awful. How mad would you be at the? <laughs> I'll go. I'll go down. The, I'll go down with Mo. I'll go join the broadcast booth with Mo down. You in, think uh, Terry Hawaii. is missing Maui? <laughs> You you've met Terry Nelson before, right? Uh, no. Yeah. There is oh, yeah. zero be... chance Terry isn't going on <laughs> no that Maui chance. trip. Zero no chance. chance. <laughs> like Terry, Terry, we're gonna have to cut off your your leg. Just get it done. It's fine. Yeah. Before, when, before I got <laughs> to Maui, we're, we're just okay. have it wrapped up good enough. I can get yeah. on the flight. <laughs> 
Uh, Tobler Time Podcast. We've, we've, we've kind of talked about that a little bit at times. What a, what a Tobler be, podcast. Wouldn't, wouldn't be entirely opposed. <laughs> Do you guys play on Thursday nights a lot? Uh, no, most of them are like Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, we, our schedule this year is actually kind of all over the place, but most of it is typically like your Tuesday, Friday-ish. Yeah, you know, we've, we've got a Thursday night podcast that's kind of football heavy and maybe could use Break a little bit a of little. basketball presence okay. as we get into basketball season. I don't know. Might not be a Aaron. terrible idea. Rock of Truth with uh, with with reoccurring <laughs> star guest Zach Tobler. I mean, you talk about a, a walk-on podcast. Say, I don't know if I'd say star, but <laughs> they've actually one of their one of their guys is uh, a, a girls varsity coach, uh, basketball. Oh, really? Yeah. Who's so that? He's um, Joe um, yeah, Joe Metzger. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so he's he's a diehard basketball guy. And and Joe and I have chatted a little bit about what basketball season looks like on the show. So maybe on some Thursday nights, we'll need to to slide you into Rock of Truth. Appreciate you, Big Stevie. Did you know? Uh, <laughs> did you know Sopko? Uh, I don't think I ever met him. I don't okay. think it's uh, it's it's Metzger, Sopko, and then Nick Statterman, who was a walk-on defensive lineman. So, oh hell yeah, two former. It's, 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 got, it's like bro. our former. It's our oh, this is the walk-on network, bro. That's amazing. We have Roy, Ryan Royer on a Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Royer can't fill in, Garrett Campbell, uh, who I think you went to school with for multiple years. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Campbell does mm-hmm. uh, fills in for for when Royer's not there. We have Met, uh, yeah. Statterman. We have you. If you're a walk-on, you got a chance. This is the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things we talked about uh, Thursday as we were watching practice, this is not a team that's going to have a ton of rim protection, at least right. traditional rim protection. You're um, not ha- you don't have the Odies or the Kovals, you know, de- of the world at, down uh, there. I do. At, we at, still at, got Odie. I do, Odie, yeah. yeah. Odie, sorry. My apologies. Yeah. Um, as a coach looking at it, like what are some of the options to solve those problems when you're not a team that um, has just a traditional kind of shot blocking presence? A, the guards are going to have to stay in front a little more. You can't go too crazy reckless out there. Um, You just have to know that. But, uh, you know, I think they did a pretty good job, actually, during the scrimmage that we saw. I mean, there was multiple charges taken. So that's another route, especially, you know, that's kind of what we preach a lot, you know, to our kids because you know, we don't have any shot blockers. So you're taking charges. And that comes from, you know, weak side help. Um, from, And they can, uh, you know, weak side, so weak side help and – everybody's rotating and moving. I mean, they're going to have to be uh, more alert defensively. You're not going to have those guys bailing you out at the rim and everything. So it'll be a challenge, um, definitely. But I think they'll be able to get some more stuff out of more out of their wing now. Um, I think there'll be, you know, a little more help that way, too. So. How much of a premium does that place on communication? Oh, it it 
amplifies it. Um, you know, it, it just makes everything more critical. You know, your ball screen defense, your weak side defense, your rotations, everything. Um, you definitely need to be more on point because, like I said, you get, they don't have that guy. You know, if, hey, somebody gets beat, uh, well, you know, I got a do back there that's going to, you know, alter the shot or block the shot and then we can go the other way. Like, you know, if you're not, if you're not, you get blown by, you know, it's, it makes it more difficult without it. Um, and not impossible. It's not like it's the end of the world, but it's just one more added thing defensively that you don't have. Here's the other question I have for you about that. Does it help rebounding? Because you might not have as many guys going for block shots. Yeah. Yeah. I think it does help because there was times, I mean, there was multiple times last year that you'd have, uh, Adu and Koval, I mean, there might have been a couple of times where they were in at the same time and they both go for the shot block. Right. So now both of them are out of position to get the weak side rebound. So, you know, now that, you know, you don't have as many guys who are just walling up down low and making them score over top, you got more bodies being able to rebound versus everyone, you know, flying and selling out for a block shot. So I think, you know, I think it might help in that department too, where, you know, and maybe they're not getting as many block shots or altered shots, but, you know, they might be getting some more weak side rebounds and less putbacks for the other team. Because I think that's one thing that really killed them last year was, you know, their their field goal defense was pretty good. They just couldn't finish it off with a rebound. Well, what are some other areas that you're looking for this team to improve upon as they go into the season? Like just some broad topics that like just things that you want this team to, to really do well this year. Just overall consistency. You know, there were times last year where they were, they were either great or they were terrible. You know, it's finding that, finding that middle ground. Like obviously you want your highs to be really high, but not having those lows that are so low. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is just finding that consistency. And I think, you know, being in Wes's system for a second year, I think that'll help. Is there anything in particular that you think that his system is going to allow them to do in order to get to that goal? Uh, I think it'll let him play more freely on offense a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I, I know he demands a lot on defense, but he's – the type of coach that, you know, hey, you play really hard on defense for me and you play your ass off on defense, you know, I'll give you a little more freedom on offense, you know, to take some shots and stuff like that. Um, defensive practices, anything like mix? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really got a chance to see a lot of it. I know they did a little bit of rotation stuff, um, uh, you know, your shell drills and all that when we were there, but not a ton of it. So I haven't got a chance to see it a lot, but I think there is a lot of similarities in how uh, they go about defense and the importance that they put on defense. They keep in track of tip balls. I didn't see Everybody it. tracks deflect. Every, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it wasn't as much of an emphasis, I guess, on it. But Chad gets so know, defensive any time we talk about Mick. It's, it's funny. Hey, I, I, I track it in our, our our kids at you know in the high school level so i mean it it's it's a thing i mean it's you know i know everybody wants to rag on it that you know a lot and obviously it's not the end all be all like you still gotta you know make shots and you still gotta be a good team and whatnot but um it really you know there there is truth that you know i think our our number was 
40, 40 yep. deflections in a game. So basically one a minute. Um, you know, if we hit 35 deflections, we never lost. In the four years I was at UC, if we hit 35 deflections, we didn't lose a single time. Wow. So I think there is some truth to be had, to be said in that. Um, but obviously, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all at the same time. So More than anything, Tobes, it's just something that keeps you out of your offense. When right, the ball gets exactly. Like it, you got to start it, it, over. You got to reset. Yep. Even, you know, even if it's not a turnover and you get it back, you got to stop, reset what you're doing. The defense gets to to, to establish itself yep. again. And then you're maybe not, you know, you're maybe not letting the other team run their offense as much. Right. So you're putting kids into a situation where they have to read and react. And there's uh, there's a lot of kids out there that cannot do that. Um, they can't, you know, see somebody, you know, denying them and then go back door off of it. And then the guy making the pass to read it at the same time. So there's, I mean, it, it just makes everything more difficult on the offense. What was your take on point guard? Mike Adams, Woods, Rob Fennessy shared most of the duties, but David DeJulius did get some time, uh, especially in that final segment of the scrimmage that they did. Um, it It'll be interesting. I know. Um, I know. Fantasy. He's more the defensive guy. I mean, he's all over the place defensively. I mean, he's, he's really good. He never gets. Be- it didn't seem like he got beat off the dribble a single time. Not, he, there wasn't just straight blowbys. Like he was always in front of his guy. Um, hopefully, they can get some stuff offensively from him. I mean, I know he made some real a couple really nice moves around the rim in that uh, open gym where he had that one reverse. Um, on our baseline side. Uh, there was a couple times where he had like almost an open, a wide open layup. He could have just laid it in with his left hand. He tried to like pass it out instead. Um, but I think he, you know, he gives you a lot defensively. So does Mike Adams Woods. He's a little bit longer than him. Um, I think you can, I think you can play those two at the same time. It'd be interesting. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, playing two point guards. At the same time, I think it would be more of a like a defense, like if you need to stop or Mm -hmm. you know something along those lines. Exactly, exactly. Or if you've got a if you've got a guard, a Kendrick Davis or something, you know, a point guard that's torching you. Mm -hmm. Maybe you put both of them in there, and that way you can try to wear the guy down. You know, you can run run it, run him, yeah, run him, run and jump him a little bit, you know, um, and that way you're not really losing anything defensively if you get switched out, if either one gets switched out onto him. But yeah, food for thought. (laughs) What'd you think of uh, when Dave ran point with with, what was it? It was Nolly, Newman, it was Newman, JD, JD and and Lockin. Yeah, that was five. You know, I like it. I think that's a, a rotation that has a lot of offensive potential uh i know they needed to work on a little bit defensively (laughs) right but i think that's a lineup that i think it can i think they should be able to score a little bit with that um you know i really liked you would hope (laughs) you would hope yeah exactly um i think they are definitely more uh offensive offensively capable when you got ddj playing the point right um but what do you lose on the defensive end? I guess that kind of remains to be seen. But you can't ask Newman to guard everybody, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'd like to as much as much as you want to. If you could just clone like him to. defensively, <laughs> all over the place. 
Aaron? Was there anything that anybody did during practice while you were taking it in that just really stood out to you? Yes, there was one play. I, 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 I think you actually said it already at one point uh, on one of the podcasts or something. Uh, was when Kalu listened Zach to all. Pay. Yeah, I try to, to get. I try, I try to get to as much of it as I can. <laughs> I miss some stuff, but um, Kalu is at the end of one of their periods they did, and I forget who took a shot, but his head like his eyes were like at the rim and it kind of took a weird bounce and he just like hung up there and like he was like kind of awkwardly coming back down but i mean if it would have come off right i mean he could uh well he could have really matched it but he kept it on the glass he kept it on the glass second got himself back laid it in yep yep uh he's one he's one i'm really excited for him he reminds me of that old school eric hicks type player you know just big bodied you know, strong down low. He he had one move where he took he took Vic. He had like one dribble middle, just spun back, put his shoulder right into him, and just laid it in. And he's given up you know four inches, four or five inches on him, and he moved him out of the way like it was nothing. Nice. But he's you, he's one that I'm excited for. You had the same impression of Kalu that I did, and that he doesn't. It, it's a weird. He doesn't look as tall as he is. No, that's why I said. I said. Well, I said two things. I said uh, Landers looks taller than I thought he was, and uh, Ezekiel was like, "He's not. He doesn't seem that tall." But then you like, he stands next to a couple other people, and you're like, "Well, shit, I guess he is that tall." Yeah, he's <laughs> taller than that guy. He's taller right. than that guy. Like, right. It's it's weird. Doesn't right. Landers also have it. like a seven two wingspan? Yeah, that kid. Yeah, I'm, he's gonna be good. <laughs> I agree. Bucket, bucket I agree. getter, definitely. Not if you read what was it, the CBS, <laughs> the CBS Sports Preview. He's just a new addition. Um, whatever. Half <laughs> no, they're, they're just saying shit. This is say shit. <laughs> Isn't that what it all? That's all most of it. And, yeah, exa- well, yeah, I guess that's true too. But <laughs> what, what's your take on scrimmage gate? Oh, dude, that shit is just like you know. I get it if you're you know Ohio to an extent like you want to you want to win the game you want to feel good about yourself but at the end of the day scrimmages are like preseason games in the nfl what good is it to do if you just had joe burrow play the entire freaking preseason game it's like you know you know what you're getting out of him maybe you're just knocking the rust off a little bit you know get him a quarter you know a few series here or there but it's like you know i think wes is using it more to find his lineups figure out stuff run different actions with different players see how they react to that kind of stuff and he's just trying to play everybody now i know they said they were going to play like three periods and they only ended up playing two because the other team's team is tired it's like dude you got like a half another team that hasn't even played yet let those dudes get a little burn for a quarter like I don't know. That and, whole thing is just weird to me. Like how that was handled. Ag- when you agree to play three, like the oh. other, Wes is planning on having Playing three, three. 20 right. periods of evaluation. Right. So you're not, I don't if know. You, I, I just think it's a, I think it's kind of a bitch way to do things. <laughs> if you wanted it to be the NBA finals, just say that. And he would have right. played it that way. But, I don't think Cincinnati would have because I think right because right, he wants to get he wants to get more out of it than that. Well, yeah. I, like I think 
they were looking at the Purdue scrimmage as like the dress rehearsal. Right. The Ohio scrimmage was let's get as much as we can on tape. Like you've seen Mm -hmm. this in in settings like that. You can get as a bunch on every guy on the roster. And, And guess what? The guys at the bottom of the roster need stuff. They like need playing time as well. Yeah, they need to see the stuff on film. Like that's the whole right. point of this. They need to see what they're doing good, what they're doing bad, and what they're doing good on film. Not really. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, you can say a lot to a kid, "Hey, you're doing this. Hey, you're doing that." But to be able to show them on the film, "Hey, this is what you're doing right. This is what you're doing wrong," and correcting some of that stuff. That's where the easiest way to do it. But if you don't, you know, if you don't play the people, you can't, <laughs> you can't do that. And I've talked about this. Here's my only problem with it. Do you want to, like, if you schedule a scrimmage, it's your prerogative to do it. To handle the scrimmage, right. your plan for that scrimmage, any way that you want it. Right. I don't think anybody has an issue that, like, who cares if Ohio was planning on getting something different out of the scrimmage than Cincinnati? Right. That's that's neither here nor there. Right. Yeah. Every that's, every coach wants something different out of it, but right. to like cancel periods just because you say your it's guys are tired. That. It's it's there were people in and around that program that were calling anybody they could get a hold of to tell to get it out there UC? that Ohio beat UC. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. Like, come on, man. Like, really. Right. Like it's, without any a, context, it's without a preseason out, scrimmage yeah. game, like it, you know, whatever. You without know, hey, putting out that they played their top seven guys almost the entire game while UC played everybody, without hey. putting out that. But they did make sure to say that they lost their top three scorers from last year, so they're oh, cool. apparently decimated from last <laughs> season. Yeah, darn. Like it, I, that's the part that got under my skin. Whatever. Like, yeah. Some just, of that stuff, you're just like, yeah, whatever, you know. Get out of it. If, if that makes them happy. Right. <laughs> if that makes know. their I, season, that made their season, I guess. I, I just think whatever. that part of it is is stupid and deserves yeah. to be called out because right. you're releasing everything without a whole lot of context. And right. obviously, it's a super Showing some random-ass highlights and stuff. Right. Like, like they showed 12 highlights that are all Ohio scoring. Right. Like, of course, you played 40 minutes. I hope you had 12 buckets. Right. If you had less than that, that would be bad. <laughs> that would be very bad. You you played in <laughs> games like that. It's not a lot of buckets. Yeah. yeah. Good old rock fights. Exactly. Yeah. Remember beating, yeah. beating Pitt in the uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Or what was that? Was that? It was like 40, uh, 44 30, 30. to yeah. thir- 43, something like that. Whatever. It was in the low 40s. <laughs> low Did you play 40s. in any of those games when they were redoing the USF arena? Like noon to uh, ice hockey. No, that was right no. before you got there. I think that was right before. Yeah, because the um the Sun Dome or whatever they call it now was yeah. like brand new when we first got in there. So it was the year before. They played at noon. Might even have been 11 in the morning uh, on a court on top of an ice hockey <laughs> arena in front of like eight people. <laughs> that so would be no absolutely. That would absolutely be so miserable. And I think it was like a 41 to 40. Oh, I believe it. Every bit of it. So I think this question is terrible. Worth, I think this question is <laughs> worth asking from the uh, the chat here. Uh, Tiller, what's what's your starting lineup? 
What's my starting lineup? That's tough. Do, I, 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 mean, I guess it would depend on your I, opponent, especially a point guard, right? Yeah, a little bit, but I don't know. I like to. I'm of like I like to keep the same lineup if I if I can. Obviously, you know, stuff happens, and you know, sure. you want to change it up some. But I'd have DGJ in there for sure. Uh, Nolly and Davenport. I think those three are like my quote unquote locks. Okay, I would say. Um, I kind of think Kalu might start. I don't know. You know, it'll be interesting how they, you know, between him, Victor Lockin, and uh, uh, Odie. I still think Odie probably comes off the bench um, as your four or five. He can kind of interchange either one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I I can't decide between Kalu and uh, Victor. Um, While I agree. That also could put potentially your most important player coming off the bench. John Newman. John, John Newman. Newman. Right. That's Unless your he can play the that's two. Your defense. Or Nolly can play. Like that, that's yeah, kind of the, him and Nolly can, you know, interchange the two and the three. You want to talk positionless bit. basketball, that means your guys right. have to be able to play all the positions. Mm-hmm. And be able to guard all the positions. Mm-hmm. That's what More I mean. Importantly, right. Right. You, you can have anybody out there doing whatever you want, right? But if you can't guard anybody up like that, can't guard on the perimeter, getting blown by every time, well, you're not really any help. <laughs> exactly. I, I just, I don't know. I like. I, I agree that I think you will probably see JD and Nolly in the in the starting rotation. I, I just think. Newman is going to be a guy because he is your best defender. Exactly. Because he he's is the, kind he's of... the He's the glue guy. He yeah. does a little bit of everything. Yeah. So who's your point guard? I want to say it just starts out as kind of DDJ, like, you know, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, not that it'll quickly rotate it out, him necessarily, but, you know, Say you know they he subs out uh, Davenport or uh, Newman or somebody, and then brings in you know that second you know pure ball handler. I think that's more likely as the season goes on. I think if you're asking me who's the starter at point guard to start the season, and probably even all the way through Maui, I would guess it's Fennessy. Yeah. I can see that too. I can't. Yeah, just because he. Defense, yeah, well, especially yeah. you know, this is this team. This is a team not ready to to defend at a high level yet, right? Right. And as Tope said, that's it's not uncommon at this point in the season, right, for your team not to be clicking on all cylinders, right? Defense, yeah, I mean, right. But head of the snake, as much as West likes defense, I think you would probably, and especially, and, and especially if you're not starting Newman, right. Yes, you don't agreed. have one of. Fennessey I think it's one of floor. one of those two, depending. You with know. with Arizona and Ohio State and Ohio San State Diego or, or State. Arizona is it San, San Diego San, State? San Diego State, yeah. Uh, one one or the other, right on the slate, right off the bat. You're certainly mm-hmm. going to want probably your best defenders out there if you're not at the defensive level that you want to be collectively. Right, right. And then you're just and you, you know, don't have any rim protection. 
sacrificing some offense, you know, depending, not saying, you know, they're complete liabilities, either one of them, but they're not going to get you 15 a game out there. Right. Right. It, it's the way this all shapes up is going to be fascinating, especially mm-hmm. early. Yeah. I think, I think the coaching staff has their work cut out for them a little bit, <clears throat> trying to figure out all these lineups and, you know, who's going to work best where and putting all these players into, into, you know, positions for them to succeed at a high level. John White, 17. Who's, who's Williams? Okay. Who? It was like, is Keith back? Be <laughs> corrected. <laughs> Newman, not Williams. I mean, I, the Newman thing is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Davenport has been a long time starter here now. Right. Yeah, he started for what three years now. I don't think he started a or ton of freshman year, but the last two years he started for yeah, at for least the Brandon's, last two. Yeah, for Brandon's, you know, I forgot final was... year, and then Wes's first year. That's um, right. I, I mean, you can like that's an option with Nolly playing the four and Newman playing the three. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have if you start DDJ at the two with Fennessey. Uh, right. But, you know, if Davenport and Nolly are on the floor, I just don't know, unless you do go with that DeJulius point guard, starting point guard spot, then you can get Newman, Nolly, and, and Landers all four, or all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. They got a lot of, a lot of different options, you know, whether they want to go defensively to start or offensively to start or, you know. They got. That's why they get paid the big bucks to make those <laughs> decisions. Trivia question: When's the last non-senior day COVID day? Mike Adams, Shuey didn't start. I have no idea. Did he start? Did he start every game last year? I think he did. I know he started like he did, every. Yeah. It feels like he did. Yeah, that's another one. It's like you know, is you know, is he comfortable coming off the bench? Because there's some people that aren't. I know, you know, Russell Westbrook said not that he's been great lately, but. He said something the other day. I think he didn't start a game, you know, last year for the first time, like 14 years or something crazy. And he's Mid-December like, I I, 2019. He's, yeah, he's like, I didn't, he's like, I didn't know, I didn't know how, how to prepare to not start. Um, Prior to COVID, COVID hadn't happened the last time crazy? Mike Adams Woods didn't start. That's wild. It's a lot that's of starts. Great. That's that's a lot of starts. That's a lot of minutes. It's a lot of you know. It's a lot of games played. It's like he's not you know, he's not just uh he's not just a guy out there. You know, he has a lot of experience. And I think I did notice something. But you know, when he was driving to the rim the last you know two or three he years and everything, he always yeah he was always trying to like avoid people and everything. You know, he's trying to do that kind of wind up with his left hand, make it like a half hook shot type deal and he drove to the the rim a couple times in that scrimmage and he didn't do that and he scored i mean he, he was been that way most of the off season yeah which is huge for him because if he can add a couple of those buckets a game i mean it's just going to open up his three-point shooting it's going to open up a lot of stuff for other people because he did a good job of getting to the rim he's always done a pretty good job of it when he's been aggressive it's just you know he'll be aggressive and he'll do it and then he'll try to avoid all the contact rather than trying to get an and one or going through people. 
watching him felt like what we used to do as kids like and jordan goes up like right, you, right. you know what i mean like it was you, it was trying to I'm make like you, yeah i'm like you don't it's trying to make it way more difficult than right. it had it to be didn't need to be that acrobatic like just right. a simple a simple layer right. mm -hmm. i'm with hi you dave there. hi how, how you doing buddy well my boys gave their all for Tennessee on Saturday. For General, <laughs> so, did, so did Dave. For General Neyland, and now I'm giving my all for Bearcat Journal. <laughs> it's like the same game. thing. If I just face plant asleep, you know, just somebody scream and wake me up. I have to we'll just, sport, sport my Tonk birthday present. We'll just yell Rocky Very Tom. nice. Real yeah. loud. Big Tom. Tonk, Tonk set me a sent me a birthday present we have we have fans i need to make like an amazon wish list <laughs> start buying me anything anytime off there <laughs> you have any questions for tobes before we no, let him go no nothing nope. we didn't we didn't talk anything about the locker room if you had any locker room questions no <laughs> i'm trying to make this as quick as possible <laughs> i'll ask him one real quick how fun was it to do that how fun was it to be a major part of that it was awesome, man. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's what I've told, you know, my company I'm with now, Skanska, you know, they kind of ask you sometimes, you know, Hey, what, you know, what would make you happy? What do you like? What do you want? I'm like, you know, if I can go back and I can, you know, do projects, you know, not only for the university, but for athletics and everything. I mean, I'm pretty happy doing all that stuff. So, uh, it's exciting, exciting to give, you know, to give back a little bit, um, in a sense to, uh, where I spent, you know, four years of my life there and everything. So uh, it's really cool to see, you know, uh, future and current, you know, uh, athletes and getting them to have a new space and everything. So uh, it was a cool project. A lot went into it, but uh, can't are wait you to guys, do some more, hopefully. If you can't tell me, I understand. Are you guys involved with either the basketball locker room or the, the new practice facility? Uh, not the football practice facility. Um, I don't know how much I can stay on the basketball, but they're still going through the process of uh, selecting uh, a contractor for that. Um, Do you get to make that presentation? So, like, look, I yeah. think like this is this is my blood, sweat, and tears. I, I will. Uh, yes, I will be a part of that uh, pursuit project pursuit team. <laughs> Are you it's good to hear? Are you allowed to tell the story about the the piece of glass that you had to replace several times over? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's one you know, especially nowadays a lot you know a lot of companies are backed up with different stuff and um, they can't get stuff to people as much. So we had you know we have all those um, trapezoid pieces of glass and everything and. Uh, so they sent it out the first time and it was cut at the wrong angle. Um, and then they sent it out the next time and it was painted on the wrong side. And then they sent it out like a third time. And then the guy, when he was, and it's fragile glass, like it's not very thick or anything. So you hit it wrong or pick it up weird, like it'll crack. And so, you know, we're going to install it and the guy like barely, you know, tip knocks it on, you know, the uh, counter right there and it just breaks in half. <laughs> so we had to get like the same piece of glass like four times. We ended up putting like a shiny piece of plastic laminate in, in to fill until 
the, the right piece actually came in but there's <laughs> just stuff like that you know? and all that all that yeah. special order glass when it comes in and you can't use it yeah. you just exactly. throw it out basically pretty That's much crazy. useless could put it on the wall back here <laughs> you, want, you want a couple shards of glass sure <laughs> shattered pieces of glass. <laughs> better than nothing yeah that's true that's true all right well we're gonna let you go tobes we got to get this uh smu preview uh it feels like we're on a uh, ticking oh, time bomb here with dave so <laughs> <laughs> dave agrees we we gotta we gotta get this sweating bullets right now you got a hoodie on try to take your hoodie off no i gotta sweat it out this is how you do it I, I feel that. I feel that. Go do some just, hot yoga. That'll get it out. I used to always do that when I was sweat pants, like sweat that. Pants, go to, hoodie, go, go do to some hot yoga. Just sweat it all out. Hot yoga when you're sick is truly the best. You actually feel like you oh, can breathe when you're done. Oh my god! Right. Oh, it's so amazing. I love it. I need to get back into it. I, used to I can't. It I can't do any of the moves, but even just being in the room. Oh, it, I know. It's so Sometimes good. I see. Yeah, I'll, I'll get like you know, 15 minutes in. I'll just like lay on the mat. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Like all right thing. appreciate you brother and, and we are we'll keep in touch about that thursday night deal maybe have you on there to talk some yeah. basketball as a uh, regular uh as we get into uh december and january sounds good let me know all right appreciate you tobe thanks brother see y'all thank you there you go zach tobler tobler time right and here on the bcj podcast i will leave you two to your preview i'll hop in if need be if Dave collapses, Godspeed, Dave. If Dave falls over, make like you might want to spend some time researching SMU here for a little <laughs> bit, Aaron, just in case. Yeah, a, this is actually an easy one, thankfully. All right, all right. Well, we we we've got the introduction out of the way. We know Dave is a little under the weather, so uh, we're gonna try to. Uh, t- uh, Tonk has a birthday present on the way for me as well. He told me it's something vintage Bearcats that. He really wishes he could uh, could keep for himself, and I'm like, you can keep it for yourself, bro. I don't like it. It's okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be mad at you if you don't send me my birthday present. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, G off. Uh, I hope you feel better, brother. You're getting married in two days. Oh, that sucks. Stomach bug. <sighs> Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. You'll be skinny for the wedding. Yeah. You're skinnier. Don't lock your knees. You'll pass out. <laughs> All don't, right. Don't get too skinny or the suit might not fit. Be careful. Yeah, with that. that's true. That's true. No man has ever said don't get st- too skinny. Yeah. Um, SMU. I mean, this initial, is initial. Initial. Okay. Like, how do you want to defend them? Do you want to. Uh, do you want to double Rasheed Rice, who has more than three times as many receptions as the next highest receiver? Aaron calls him Rashi. Right, yeah, well, that's not his name. Um, it's so much more fun, though. And that's how much <laughs> I care about the AAC. That is true. So do you like, double- like he doesn't like he doesn't lotion properly? Rashi yeah, Rice. Ash, Ashy Rice. A- Ashy Rice. <laughs> Uh, so do you double him and just say, like, we're going to try to take him out and roll the dice with their other receivers, or do you play more straight up, um, bring more pressure? Now, they've only given up six sacks. Tanner Mordecai gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. So 
you know, it's it really just comes down to how you think they want to play them. Because they're not, I mean, they don't really run it. They've got some injuries at running back. Uh, Rice has been dealing with like a toe injury, but he's played the last two weeks. So I, I think he's just managing it and, and playing through it. They've got four receivers that are pretty good. And it's just, how do you want to defend them? You know, do you just bring the house and hope that your DBs can hold up? Do you play more zone where they can possibly like get stuff underneath and break tackles? They get, they have a lot of yards after catch, um, but it's all about winning the one-on-ones defensively. If they can do that, you can kind of shut them down offensively like UCF did. Um, they scored 40 points in 48 plays against Navy last week. So they had two or three touchdown drives that were three plays or less. Um, but their defense is not great. It's not great against the run. It's not great against the pass. Hell, they're giving up five, over, almost six yards a play, which is 82nd in the country. Passer rating D is 73rd. Uh, they're pretty good completion percentage allowed, but they yards per attempt allowed their 92nd and yards per carry allowed their 98th. So you can, I mean, UC is going to, if they can stay out of the whole third and, third and, you know, issues that they've had, if they can correct that, I don't see this defense really giving them a ton of resistance. They've they've only got 13 sacks. Elijah Chapman has three. They only have four interceptions. So it's really it's kind of like a D, UC defense versus their offense. We know what they're going to do. It's just a matter of how you want to go against it. So I think you have you have options, but there's positives and negatives to both ways that you would want to defend them. I think the answer with them has and always will be, can you throw a knockout punch? And, and it doesn't even have, like, can you just throw a punch that knocks them down? Because they don't like getting up. Like, no. if they can hang around, they can take this thing all the way to the wire, as they've done, you know, with multiple teams. But if you hit that, you know, score, stop, score, and, uh, you know, a... 10 to 17 or 10 to 7 game becomes 24 to 7. They don't they don't respond they never responded well to something like that. No, that's been the case this year too. I mean, they made their TCU game a little bit closer at the end. Um, they lost at Maryland. They got worked in Orlando. So, and you know, UCF's pass defense is really good. Their run defense is okay. okay. But, I mean, they're not going to run the ball a ton. Their top two running backs are game-time decision. We're not sure if they'll they'll play. Um, right. So you're looking at backups, and it's just not, a, you know, the fullback-looking dude um, that, you know, has the neck roll or whatever. Levine, I think, is his name. Adam? Yes, yes. We'll call him Adam. So, um, Ashy Rice, Adam Levine. Yeah, you have Ashy Rice. You have Moochie Dixon. Is another is another receiver. I mean, Rice has forty nine catches for seven sixty one and four touchdowns, and the next closest guy has fifteen catches for one ninety nine. You know where the ball is going. Yeah. So it's like, how do you want to defend him? Right. Do you want to just double him? And say throw it to all these. We're going to try to take him completely out of the game. 
Okay, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna be honest here. And obviously this is skewed information because of sauce. I don't remember the last time they doubled anybody. Well, yeah, but I mean, they also had sauce and Kobe. Right. They don't, so have, I, the, they don't have those guys now. I'm just saying, I don't know what that looks like in their system. No, if you, you haven't if, seen it for ages. If you do double him, it, it leaves everybody else in one on ones. And then if you do blitz ever, then you're even more susceptible if, if a guy loses his one on one. That's that's my point. It's like history you, would tell you they'll play it straight up, they'll just play like they normally do. And let him, and he's gonna get his because he's really good. But you hopefully don't let him get you know fourteen for two hundred and something. And right, if he gets if he gets nine for one hundred and five, that offense doesn't have a lot else. No, no. I mean, if he so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of pressure they can get against a team that it doesn't give up sacks, has a quarterback that's mobile. He's not like a runner per se in the same vein as Gary Bohannon or KJ Jefferson, but if they run four varts and you turn your back, he's going to take off and he's got, he's got wheels. Like he's not slow. He had a 60 yard run against Navy. Don't yeah. We're supposed to talk about the shorter runs, the 15s, the 18s. I'm going to talk about the 60 yarder that you never see from a Fickle thinks you're a layman. Then, well, Show me all the other 60-yard quarterback touchdown runs. (laughs) (laughs) He just wanted to say that he thought I was a layman. Well, yeah, that's up for debate. I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong. No. Why do you think I let you do all the football talk? So we'll see what, what the health status is of some guys. They've been pretty banged up, too. Have some guys that have been in. A lot of their receivers have kind of been... In a game, out of game, in a game. So I think that skews a little bit of their numbers. They've lost two guys for the year, two receivers for the year. When one, Jake Bentley, when he went down, he was their second leading receiver. But that was a little while ago. So they've probably made their adjustments since then. It's not like it just happened against Navy. Um, But Jordan Curley, Dylan Goffney, two other receivers, good, good, good players. So it's. What do you think about the Navy factor? I mean, they. They put it to him pretty good. It got close at the end. Um, Navy did run a lot of plays, though. So defensively, do you I mean, buy I, that? That do you buy that the teams are a little beat up physically coming out of Navy every year? You, you have to be a little bit. I mean, just they're pounding on you from a defense, especially from a front seven standpoint. Like, right? You don't really get any plays off. Like even on third and whatever, they're still probably going to run the ball. So it's not like you get to get wide and pin your ears back and go try to sack the quarterback. Cause it's still, you still have to guard against the run. Right. So, um, here, let me look at something real quick. Let's see how many snaps they ran. It felt like a lot. It felt like Navy had the ball a long time. They had it a lot at the end. Well, they had it a lot because SMU scored a lot of right. quick, quick touchdowns. Um, <laughs> What was that, week six? Yeah. Um, no, week seven, sorry. Week seven, seven, sorry, yeah. The bye week has me screwed up. Mm-hmm. Stats, let's see. This is riveting podcast. Yeah, I mean, they ran 100, they ran 99 scrimmage plays. 
Navy did. Yeah, to 40, 48 from from SMU. Yeah. But it was never, I mean, they were successful. There's, you know, on their game on paper page, there's a lot of green. They just didn't convert drives. I mean, they gained 75% of their available yards, which is pretty good. Um, they had 15 explosive plays. But SMU had 10 out of 48. <laughs> yeah. So 21% of their plays were explosives. So, you know. I just think you know, you know, this one's not hard. This isn't like a, it's a hard game, but it's not a hard scout to me. Um, <laughs> Tonk. I don't know, Tonk. Some some guy sent it to me. Just, it, it was on his, he, he got it from his OnlyFans. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, let's see. Yeah, they had SMU 9.5 yards per play last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's 12.44 yards per drop back. That's quite strong. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, it's – if you don't – if they don't clean up third down, they don't get pressure, they're absolutely going to be in a dogfight. Absolutely. So, you know, we've we've had this notion, thanks to Sonny Dykes, I don't know if it's carried over to Rhett Lashley, especially last year at home. Two years ago, the game was close, and then all of a sudden, Des took 190 yards, and it looked like they just quit. But they also had... That was the knockout punch that they, they just... They also had a, the a, lot of, a lot of drops that game where... Uh, oh, that was, that was the most alligator arm game I've ever seen. They wanted nothing to do with the Cincinnati DBs. Yeah. And that was, was that Wiggins? Yeah, Wiggins and, and Defoe's final year. Where there was a good chance, no matter what, when once you caught the ball, you were going to get smacked. Right. So. So, you know, I think, I think UC has played well coming out of buys. We'll yeah. see. We'll see about the um, injury status of of Tyler Scott. I think he would be the biggest one. I would imagine that that everybody else. They're as of Tuesday, Ben Bryant was full go. Right. <laughs> Will Pauling was back. Uh, Shaman Mateer not. Uh, Pauling could not. still be out like another week. Like he's just ramping back. I don't ramping. think so. No, you don't. I just uh, maybe uh, like ramp, ramping back up. I look, dude. He looked like he was never even. Well, a couple weeks ago, uh, I don't know if it was the Indiana game or what, he was dancing all over the sideline with his crutches on, so he couldn't he couldn't have been bothering that much. We were joking around with some people at practice on Tuesday that, like, the, that's one of those kids. We talked about it with, like, Chuck when he was hurt and Wig when he was hurt. Like, some kids' genetics, there's nothing medicine can do sure. compared to just great genetics. And he looked like – I will be surprised if we don't see him on Saturday. Surprise! Very surprised if we don't see him on Saturday. Good, good. I mean, I'm, I imagine that Ivan Pace will be back to his his self. That was, I and, believe that was that was what it looked like. I believe that was a stinger. Yeah, he's just dragging that shoulder a little bit. Um, yeah, but wasn't I mean, in red like normally, <laughs> if it's a if it's a major problem, you know, the guy's in red. Uh, he was in his normal jersey 
for practice on Saturday. Really, like Tyler Scott was the only one of the guys that, you know, we know are either available or questionable or whatever. Ben Bryant took all the reps with the ones. Um, I know Luke probably is trying to use a little gamesmanship. I was shocked he mentioned that he was in the transfer or they're in the concussion protocol. Because he usually doesn't give any information like that. So that had to be a little, maybe a little gamesmanship to make SMU think it might be possible that he doesn't play. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but he was, he he had actually, from the stuff we saw on Tuesday, he had a really good practice. Like, we were a little late because we had the basketball media availability that overlapped with the, the first quarter. Mm-hmm. 30% of practice, but the stuff that we did see, he was, he was dealing, he was throwing it really well. well good deal. I mean, I think. What's uh what are, are we ready for, for Dave's prediction? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, they're still, they, they have some things to clean up. You hope that they did a good job self-scouting. You hope that they got uh, healthy and I just think they're the defense for SMU is is not good enough to consistently keep them from moving the ball. So I'm going to say uh, 30, 30, 35, 24 Bearcats. I think that sounds about right. I do think this is a game that's going to be close at halftime. Um, but I think, you know, Cincinnati, as long as the offense finds a rhythm, should be able to beat the SMU defense more than SMU's offense beats the Cincinnati defense. Yeah, and they don't seem like like it, it, look, Mordecai can run, but they don't not his, he's not yeah, a running quarterback. It's not his like, game. I mean, if it's there, he's going to take it, but if they're not calling right. quarterback runs for him. I mean, you see He's not running it 14 15 times on no, designed runs. No, their defense is still top 4 in the country and yards per play allowed. Right. So it's still going to be a challenge for them to, to move the ball, especially if they're going to be heavy pass. I just mean from the perspective of running quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 What has hurt this Cincinnati? Yeah, that's not, that's not his season. game. They're not going to run him versus having him throw. Right. Um, What's the, what's the Simone plan? Are you, it's looking now you might be, you might be laid up. Oh no, I'm, Noon game, I'm watching that by myself at home. Well, I, I knew that, but it like like laid up, like in oh, bed no. watching it at home. No, I, I feel okay. It was it was funny. You're, I watched... you're just being over dramatic. No, I feel like shit. But uh, <laughs> by Saturday, I would hope that I would be feeling better. Um, it was funny. Everyone, most everyone knows my uh, my superstition, my ritual of not watching the Bearcats. In, in a bar, Holy Grail, watch parties. I do not do that. Right. We, we watched the entire Tennessee game at a bar on Saturday, so I don't know if it's just a Tennessee thing, if the curse is broken. Well, now you have to watch every Tennessee game in a bar. I'm not real. I'm not willing to risk it, so. Reagan. Reagan right. says go balls. That's right, Reagan. Best team Hi, Reagan. Best team in the country. Make sure you go check out the the two minute warning live on YouTube and uh, all of our social media channels, hosted by the delightful Reagan Yoakum. All right. So, what else do you want me to talk about? Uh, Brent Yormark. 
Yeah. Have you have you seen this made today? Some, or made some comments. Said that uh, expecting a deal to be done in a couple weeks. That's he kind said, of a tell. He right? said what could, could I think could Break, breaking news that happened while Tobes was on. Uh, Dennis Dodd had an article saying that this deal might be done before the Pac-12 even has their deal done. But yeah, that's what, oh, yeah. if it's done yeah. in the next two weeks. It, yeah, for sure. So um, just Dodd's actually gets, reporting yeah. on it. So it I mean, it's so. it's yeah. if you're not going to like you're not going to make these comments or put out these breadcrumbs and and give like a legitimate timing for this stuff and then turn around in two weeks and be like you know what we had some second thoughts we're now going to wait 16 months and and go to market like to me it feels like it's you went on this media blitz in new york city you've been at big 12 basketball media days um it just seems like a lot of things are lining up that would be super weird if then all of a sudden in two weeks or three weeks, nothing happens. And then he goes, you know, we, we've decided we're going to wait for, um, for the deal to open up in 16 months. So this is, this is telling from one specific aspect though, right? It means that they've reached a deal with their current partners because what happens is the exclusive window means you get to, renegotiate with the people you already have deals with if you don't reach an agreement with those companies then you go to the open market which right. is what happened with the pac-12 yeah, this to I me just... says the big 12 will carry forward with fox and espn i think there was there's been interest in 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 continuing these relationships and as long as the numbers were what the big 12 wanted um I know there's there's some out there that say, well, why don't you go just wait? Because you can then have a bidding war. But that I don't know if I agree with that. Like it's this isn't the SEC or the Big Ten. Like right. I'm not sure if you waited 16 months that like NBC or CBS is going to come in and just blow your doors off, comparatively speaking to what ESPN and Fox is offering you. Right. Um, and I think it tightens the screws on the Pac-12 then because you're then. You know, you have the ACC and the SEC that are the exclusive rights holders for ESPN, and you have the Big Ten with Fox. And so you're taking up, I guess, that next level of time slot. So what is left then outside of just the, the late night stuff? What is truly left then for the Pac-12 in, you know, he, he talks, How much inventory is there? Right. So I mean, he talks a lot about, you know, not going down. We're going up. Yeah. You know, I still want to see the numbers. You can say that a lot. Um, yeah, but I don't think like that seems like a pretty sharp guy. Like, I don't think he's going to say something like that if he's got an indication right. it's going to drop eight yeah, million dollars I mean, per school. If you're, if, if you're not seeing the numbers, you want you're not coming out and saying like we have, we're, we might have a deal in the next couple of weeks. What do you think you're going to do? Hardball him? And, right. and say that, and then they're going to go, oh, here's some more money. No, they're going to say, well, here's the deal right now. If you don't like it, you can wait for 16 months. And the deal, this deal today might not be the deal that's on the table in 16 months. Right. Um, and sometimes, Dave, with deals, there's verbal agreements. And then those verbal agreements go to the lawyers before they come actual agreements. Yeah, I just, I just don't want... I know there'll be some, and we're used to it because of ESPN Plus 
I just want the least amount on streaming as possible. That's going to be tough in this league, man. Well, it's going to be a lot easier if you do the deal Your with Fox the, and ESPN. Fox and ESPN. Right. Like, I mean, for the Pac-12, it makes sense because, like, anything's better than the Pac-12 network. So I get why they're maybe Which pushing. nobody watched. Well, no one has it. I saw right. a very funny tweet the other day where a guy got the Pac-12 network on his smart fridge, but not on his TV. <laughs> so he had to stand in his fridge to watch the mm-hmm. game. Um, That's outstanding. So, I just like the games have been bad, but I have not flipped on either of the last two. I haven't even thought about putting on either of the last two Thursday night games on Amazon because you're watching NFL. Well, no, I'm watching like they've been so bad, but I'm just not interested. Like, yeah. So if it's not UC, yes, we we like the Big Twelve, and it's going to be better, but like. On a Thursday night, are you really going to make an appointment to go to Amazon to watch Kansas West Virginia football? Right. Now, if it's on FS1 or ESPN2, yeah, I'll flip it on. I don't have to do anything. Right. It's just so, put it on. We'll see. I mean, or leave it on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Next couple of weeks will be interesting. Uh, Malik LZ decommitment, not a huge surprise. If you paid attention to his social media, generally when their social media starts going a hundred percent in a different direction and they are no longer, um, retweeting or liking or having any affiliation with the school they're committed to. And another school is getting all of that love. It's usually a pretty good sign. Something's up. I'm not the. <laughs> I'm not the biggest like social media is the be all end all of reading the tea leaves. But when it swings all the way in the other direction, not a great feeling about where things are headed. No, it's unfortunate, but and it, I mean, it fe- from what I heard, it felt like this had been trending that way for a while. I believe there were some people in his camp uh, a couple weeks ago that that tried to step in and be like, look, man, Cincinnati's the better situation. But there were other people in his camp that obviously staying yeah. in state, you know. That's and, and look, if Illinois stinks this year, like this probably doesn't become a thing. No. But Illinois is winning and they're probably going to keep winning because their schedule it's, is trash. Yeah, pretty, pretty bad. So but but I mean I still they lost to Indiana. Right. Whatever. Um, but you know, more power, more power to the kid. It stinks. Cause I think he had a chance to have been really, really good. Yeah. I don't, it, you know, it's recruiting. I've, I've said for how many years, just tell me who signs in December, February, whatever, like let you know when they get to campus. Like, I mean, it's exciting when, when good players commit, but I'm not, sure. I don't worry about when, if they decommit or whatever. I mean, well, it's big time football, Dave. Like, yeah, it's going to happen. Kids decommit. Like, that's it happens in Alabama. It happens in Georgia. It happens at Ohio State. It happens at Notre Dame. You know, yeah, they're kids. Guess what? Seventeen-year-old kids do a lot, Dave. Change their mind. Change their mind. How many girlfriends did you have when you were seventeen? Uh, none. Well, yeah. uh, maybe one. <laughs> Some of us bounced around a lot. <laughs> Some of us changed our mind a lot. 
because you're 17. That's what you do. Tonk, 56 people for the SMU tailgate. Tailgate, Will, Pauline, Damo, Perry, Drew, Donnelly, David Jones, Jr. family coming to the tailgate. That's awesome. So if you are going to the SMU game, reach out to Tonk. Reach out to Tonk. Find that tailgate and cheer the Bearcats on. Donnelly family is awesome from, from what I know. I haven't I haven't met with them personally, but I've heard great things about Drew Donnelly's mom and dad. So I'm sure that will be an awesome experience in Dallas. Um, I, I guess I don't I don't have a ton else. Like, you know, we we spent our time talking basketball with Tobes. You came on and gave us the uh not even Cliff Notes. I think it was, you know, it's longer than a Cliff Notes version of the SMU scouting report, but I did, I did some did some work today on it. It was direct and to the point. There wasn't a lot of meandering. No. That was a, that wasn't that was intentional. <laughs> uh do we go after another wide receiver? Probably. I, I mean I think they feel like they like where they're at with wide receiver. They like the two wide receivers they got. Do I think it's a like a an absolute necessity that they get another wide receiver? No. Do I think if they find something they like, they could they could do that? Yeah, sure. If you go after the best players, and if it happens to be a receiver, then right. You know, like with Brian Sims, they they had their eye looking out for a defensive end. They found a defensive end they liked. It happened pretty fast. So I mean, we'll see. And with that, I guess we're gonna we're gonna get you out of here. Even though the numbers are just now starting to go up, people are just <laughs> just starting to settle in for the final hour of the show, and. uh regret to inform you that that Dave is uh listed as uh limited on the practice report question I'm always questionable well yeah but I mean we're like you know are you did you are you full go no yeah are you limited are you did not practice you're here so you practiced very very red red jersey yeah red jersey not full go uh need to get him back in the training room Need to get and, some some IVs from Aaron and Bob. And a lot of what this is too is like you know Dave's focus now is on the Sunday show because that's his show, him and Jeff. So like he's got to he's got to get ready and get a hundred percent for the Sunday show. That's not fair. I'm still gonna. I still I'm give this. So. I'm just kidding. The attention I, it deserves. I did you a solid. I tr- I brought in Tobes for the first half. Yeah, you were like, I don't know if I can make the full thing. I'm like, all right, we'll if take you off to the give first me a, half. A, a real solid. You could have given me the first half and then brought in Tobes. I had already. It's a guest. I had already <laughs> asked him to come on today. Nothing better than waking up and seeing Dave's beautiful bald head. It is beautiful. <laughs> all right, that's. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, Aaron right. and I will. Aaron and I will jump on a nightcap uh, here in a moment. And then tomorrow night, I, I haven't heard if they have a guest or not. Um, but Rocket Truth will be here tomorrow night on this channel at nine o'clock. Did you see we tried to call AP on Monday, Dave? I, I did hear that. And he big times you. Yeah, he big timed us. Well, I mean, if you see Royer pop up on your phone at nine o'clock at night, are you going to answer? Probably. Oh, 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 oh. One more thing I did want to get to. He might have a great story or something. He might. Did you see uh, New Heights today? 
uh, about Travis's contract? Uh, there was uh, some really good stuff on there. Some really good stuff about them as brothers growing up when I guess they broke their dad's rib or something. And, and yeah. Travis was like, we broke dad. Jason, we broke dad. <laughs> uh, no, but they had a, uh, a Bearcats in the NFL segment. Oh, that's nice. And they're uh, they're gonna, I guess, going forward, they're gonna pick their favorite moment from a different Bearcat in the NFL uh, that week. And and Jason picked Alec Pierce, and Travis picked Sauce, and that thing is getting massive views. Oh, if you yeah. haven't watched it, I hope they're searching for these plays using the hashtag Bearcats, Bearcats in the NFL. In the NFL. Maybe saying. they are. Maybe That's they are awesome. What I can tell you is they're not listening to this podcast for us to find out. I'm sure. <laughs> but it has been one of the best podcasts, like one of the best sports podcasts out there right now. It's funny. And those two, like watching them interact, there was also, um, towards the end, Dave, there was a story about after the Belk Bowl. Oh, yeah, um, when they couldn't find his helmet. So did you watch the story? Yeah, I saw that last week or whenever that was. No, that was on. It was on this week, I think, wasn't it? No, I think it was last week because uh, Jason had it in the bar and it got passed around and everything. Yeah, Travis walks into the bar like Jason said he had it in the bar. He gave it to somebody. They put it on, and then in thirty seconds, he just never saw the helmet again. Travis walked into the bar. People have the helmet on. It's got. Remember those belt pole helmets? Helmets had the numbers. They were like the diamond plated ones. Yeah. The, the red, like, they, those were my, those may be my favorite UC helmets ever. They're like diamond plated with silver. Yeah. And it had the 18 on it. And Travis is like, my helmet. And Jason's like, ah, sorry, bro. Like, yeah, you gave it to the wrong guy. I know, I know you trust me and you thought I would, I would guard it with my life, but uh, that's, that's kind of not me. The stamp of the week. Yeah. Uh, but, Really cool to see those two guys using that platform to, again, further promote UC because they are, at the moment, the two greatest Bearcat football players ever. I'll die on that hill. Oh, yeah. So, really cool. Go check out New Heights. It's fantastic. That's going to wrap it up. Maybe maybe the, the quickest show we've done in years. I know these used to be an hour, but... So, Get a little I, carried away. I appreciate it. I, 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 look, I'm here for you, Dave. That's right. I'm nothing if not a team player. I, I couldn't give you the night off. No, of course not. I wouldn't ask for it. But I can give you just an abbreviated <laughs> version. All right. We will We will see you guys tomorrow night for Rocket Truth, Bearcat Brunch on Sunday, and all the other stuff that we got going on. You know how that goes. Check out the nightcap as well. This is the BCJ Podcast. We'll see you at the Holy Grail Saturday at noon. See you next time right here on BearcatJournal.com.